Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we are developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So I was listening to the 538 Politics podcast last week, and I think they must really be listening to us because now they're hiring visual and interactive journalists, and our skill set is definitely headed that way. They are trying to open up positions for us. I think that's what it is. They just really want to work with us, and so they're making it more easy for us. I just wish that they would have listed um, advanced degrees in geography or astronomy, <laughs> and then it w- then we would have known. Then we would definitely know. I think, I mean, all things aside, this actually seems like a pretty cool job. I would have a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Whoever gets it is, uh, geez, kudos. Kudos is right. How about this article, though? <laughs> I sh- yes, this is... <laughs> I. I can see why this would have um, sparked your interest. (laughs) The article is from the Washington Post yesterday, uh, October 15th, saying, sorry, your favorite space movie is not actually a space movie. And it really stood out to me because there's a flowchart. Yeah, there I I was like, okay, this clearly (laughs) is something that Mike read on his, uh, because it said space. Uh And then as I was going through, it was like, oh boy, here it is. There's a (laughs) a decision tree for him. Yeah. It's, uh, and I have to say, I would, I would appreciate moving slightly past the binary decision tree, but I'll allow it. I think this gives me a little space to rant though, which is great. That's exactly why I put this up, but go ahead. Star Wars. The idea is that it's in space, right? Yeah. You know, and then the first three movies did that pretty well. You had yeah. really iconic scenes in space, whether that be, you know, the attack on the Death Star, you had the um, asteroid chase, and you have the attack on the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of stuff happens in space. Prequels. Not a whole lot happening in space. The let's see, what is my most iconic space moment? I think it would be the Naboo fighters against the. I would say it's how much Obi Wan hates being in space. True, the, right, exactly. There's the chase in the second one, a la the Hoth chase, but in some ways it just didn't really feel like it was too close to a planet. I think it was probably. Oh, I see. So you need you need like a deep space type thing. Mm, so you're saying yeah. that Episode Seven was a welcome return. It was a welcome return, but I. It, it still was done poorly because a lot of a lot of what actually happened was on the ships outside of that first like 20 minutes yes okay i buy that okay i've gotten away from this a little right bit. i was just gonna bring it back i think these are pretty good i so the basic premise here is that if it's not realistic it can't be a space movie where i'm doing big uh-huh. air quotes here right how do you feel about that I don't agree. <laughs> it's like the same way that she's got sci-fi, uh-huh. you know, is in the same way that people like group fantasy into sci-fi. It's like, you know what? 
let everybody have their have their overarching themes, I guess. Fair enough. But one of the things that I did like was that the last line of this, which is saying that Space Jam, despite the misleading title, is not a space movie. Yeah. Which I agree with. And maybe it is maybe this is mostly Space Jam's fault. <laughs> yeah, let's just blame Space Jam. I think it's I think it's all Space Jam. I think that's always good. <laughs> always a decent um plan of action. This week on the pod, we are gonna get a little bit retrospective. And this time we're not gonna critique our vision for what the 2018 season is going to look like we're going to look at the experts and take a look at the top 100 players from the beginning of the year and see how right or wrong they were all right so this week we were talking and i spitballed an idea with you for what we should talk about this week which was challenge prompt whatever you want to call it look at the five best and worst calls the top 100 going into 2018. And you know what? I want to just look at, I really want to focus on the top five worst calls from the top 100 because I think that that's, it's going to be really helpful, you know, reminding ourselves as we're going to be getting back into making keepers, you know, starting, um, starting rankings, starting to get back into the draft mode of, of things. We need to remind ourselves of how terribly we can um make predictions that is a great point and uh you know we made some bad ones oh yeah well we're not gonna we're not gonna focus on ourselves we're gonna look at what the (laughs) industry experts said let's step back so what what i did was i i went to fantasy pros and grabbed their 2018 preseason projections allegedly they're from march 29th basically uh fantasy pros does a great um like expert consensus ranking ranking and they've got adp etc so um really useful so i grabbed those um i put a spreadsheet together for for michael i also added in the cbs ranks Mm -hmm. for you end of season cbs ranks so that's uh basically for a, a well i mean cbs sort of modifies it for what league you're in um but that was really a 12 team league um and um and then i just started put it together then started playing with a little bit um number one thing that i had was only about 50 of the players from the preseason top 100 made the top 100 in 2018 that's insane one out of every two that's actually crazy and we're gonna get into the specifics i mean there's a variety of reasons it's not always just that they were bad Oh, absolutely. No. But a lot Um, of them just kind of turned out to be bad or significantly worse than we expected. One of the interesting things that I saw as well was um, even though the the sky was falling for Goldschmidt and Cookie Carrasco Mm -hmm. in the first couple of months at some point, both of them ended up in the top 50. Yeah, Goldschmidt really fought his way back, although people really thought that he was going to be even better. Right. I mean, they, um, in full season fantasy, they were effective, but in the, for leagues like ours that end, um, end really early so that we don't have to deal with, um, uh, playoff kind of posturing, um, those two players were not as effective. 
So again, sort of interesting to be able to <laughs> to see um, what players ended up having decent full season stats, even though they didn't have good starts. Yeah, and so what's the utility of that for fantasy? I mean, what what do we make of that? Like, should we be trying should we be trying to roll some sort of expectation? I mean, we've done all this work on growth charts. Should we be trying to roll some sort of expectation for what the first half looks like for any of these guys? I think we could, but I think what's more important, and this is for this is for you and I as much as it is for just anybody who does like head to head instead of roto. Mm-hmm is just to be able to be like, oh, wow, yeah. Goldschmidt did not have a terrible season, even though I stopped paying attention to fantasy um, oh. in June 16th. You know, these are, it's really important to be able to say, this is what they did over the full season. Same thing happened with, like, Justin Upton last year. Like, if you were, like, out of the playoffs, and then all of a sudden he just got all of his stats, <laughs> you know, the last two months of the season. All right, so I put together a, I made a quick metric for bad picks, is what I'm calling it, um, that flagged uh, bros if their preseason consensus plus 20 times two was greater than their 2018 rank. So what does that mean? So <laughs> maybe the, the worst example, but um, Mike Trout, his preseason consensus was number one plus 11. That means 12 times so I'm saying if he was a top 24 player that Mike Trout then is not a bad pick. <laughs> that's, that's no, it. but I, I agree with that. I mean, you're, what you're saying is take their consensus, give knock them back around, and then give them a plus minus. And so of the top 138 players were bad picks. 38 players. That's I mean, that, and that's a really, really low bar. I know that there's a lot of injuries that we have to think about. <laughs> But at the same time, I mean, you're picking these players. You need them to actually play. Call me old-fashioned. The only thing that I don't love about this metric is that it's overly simplistic in the pantheon of just how bad some picks could be. Like, some of these top 100 guys had no utility. Like, no redeeming qualities this year. Like, it's not entirely Mm -hmm. fair to put Clayton... Clayton Kershaw is a bad pick, I agree. At least where he was at least where he was taken. But when he played, he had utility, as opposed to Miguel Cabrera, (laughs) who had, I mean, yes, injury, but no utility, no value. When he he was even playing, it was was very, um, very hard. Um, Yeah, you want to get into these guys that I listed as just shame on you? I do. I love the shame on you guys. This is great. I... I think I argue with some of these, but let's let's go for it. Now, I as I was going through these, I thought to myself, I was like going through and like trying to flag five guys that I was like, these are disappointing picks. You know, just um, it's hard to deny that they were a disappointing pick. For I know that some of them have a little bit of injuries, but um, then I was like looking through them, and I was there were just some guys that I was like. You should have known when you were looking at the ranking preseason rankings that the person wasn't going to hit hit their target. So, like, number one, shame on you, guy. Bryce Harper was listed at number eight, average rank of eight, ADP of six. He ends up being a top 30 player, but he was 26. I mean, I think that's where he is, but he is overdrafted every year. He's not 
he's um, not a top 10 guy. Yeah, we should flag, you know, we should flag a bunch of these guys for where people think their value is going to be next year. And I'll just spoil this mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> the Even in the 2019 rankings, like any that have come out, he's still being treated as a first round pick. He's he's yeah. number 11. Like yeah. what is going on here? Come on guys. He's I mean he's made it clear he's had like one top 10 season and over the last couple, over the last well his career basically. I mean he's that's just not who he is. And he's not even consistent enough to be able to say, "You know what? For consistency's sake, I'm going to put him in the top 10 just because no one else is there." Next guy your friend Joey Votto and all I want to say there is like I think that he's a really great great player and I think we both um, in our way too early ranks had Joey Votto pretty high and just by the end by March 29th you knew that team was terrible yeah yep Joey Votto is Joey Votto he does Joey Votto things if he had a better team around him he's a good enough player that he would retool his value to be fantasy oriented but without a team around mm-hmm. him, he just goes for walks. You know, he's just getting himself on base. <laughs> and and in yeah. a standard fantasy league, there's no value there. Well, you need to have, I mean, for a player like him, you need to have people on base to um, knock in. And you kind of need someone behind you to be able to get enough runs that you're you're not um, in that same category as those number five, number six hitters. Yep. You know, he just doesn't have the value Noah Syndergaard just he's not starting 30 games I don't think that anybody can pencil him him in for 30 games I completely agree with that so what so let's just let's say what his numbers were I mean he was drafted 28 here and winds up at 132 and that's actually even a little bit better than I would have naively thought he ended up well I mean yeah he got 150 innings 155 Ks. Good job on the K per, per nines there, I guess. Um, ERA of three, whip of 1.21. I mean, I th- feel like that guy is available. That guy on a spot start basis is available for sure. Oh, yeah. No, on matchups? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next guy, Buster Posey. Duh. I, I finally owned Buster Posey for the first time, and it was a mistake. <laughs> I also owned Buster Posey the first time, and it was a huge mistake. It was, it was catchers. an even worse mistake in our home league where he went down just in time for the playoffs to start. <laughs> mm, yeah, that was really not helpful. So you're probably going to disagree on these, but Bellinger and Judge, um, I d- they're just sophomore slump. I mean, I they had everything went right for them last year, so you had to know that some adversity was going to hit this year on both of those guys. Okay. All right. So give me, how about this? I will be generous. Give me the round that their ADP falls in next year. Ooh, I, I mean, they're going to be very different. I think I the judge is going to be, um, he's going to be a second rounder. And wow. I think that, um, I think that Bellinger is going to be, if I had to take the over under on, Yes, that's the line. Five, I might take over, but five and a half, I might take under. So we'll call him. So we'll say this is the fifth rounder. I um, I buy that. So judge, I think judge is an early second rounder. I think at least yeah. at least in terms of in terms of ADP. We'll pick that up right where we left off. Just as soon as Eric calls me out for a gaffe where I call us non-experts. 
and then I'm gonna figure out what Eric's laughing about. All that I'm laughing at is that you're like, I'm not gonna critique us. We're gonna look at what the experts say. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Well, I don't think, I mean, we're not going out there stumping for ourselves, like you're, submitting our line to fantasy pros. I mean, we are the experts. The problem is, is the industry. You're right. Experts. All right, fair enough. Okay, I'm going to just go through a couple of guys um, real fast here. Archer, the regression was coming. Buxton, I mean, if you've ever watched him play, you can see that there's something weird in the way that he runs, even though he's so so. How fast. was he ranked 62? Like, seriously. I know, everybody, everybody, everybody wants him to get there, but he just can't stay. He can't stay healthy, and he can't stay consistent at the plate. Suspetus, uh, dude just doesn't care. Odor, the um, bad peripherals, you know. Also doesn't care. Showed, well, I mean, when the Rangers suck, he, he's canary in the coal mine. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. bad peripherals came around um, as they should have. And then Arietta, you know, he was ranked pretty low considering his, uh, his ace status, but um, he's ranked number 108.5, which ended up being in the top which ended up being 96 overall. Um, ended up at like barely a top 300 player. And that's just, I mean, I think the no tra- training camp really hurt. That's really interesting. I think I would need a little, I would need a little bit more, want to see a little bit more research before I was convinced of that or wanted to make some sort of rule based on like no training camp equals <laughs> don't click this guy. But I think that no training camp equals bump this guy down at least a couple rounds, several rounds. Yeah, no, definitely. So here are the players I flagged as woof disappointing. Let's just do this. I so I've got Jose Altuve, uh-huh. and then I cheated here and have Chris Bryant <laughs> and Carlos Correa as the same person. D. Gordon, Kenley Jansen, and Jose Quintana. These are the guys that if you drafted at the spots. Where the consensus rankings had them, you were really disappointed with what they were able to to give you at the end of the season. I I agree with <laughs> I agree with that, and I, I I actually like the Chris Bryant Carlos Correa um, dual comp because <laughs> they they really are just just doing the same thing. It ended up being very similar how it was um you know both of them they were like they were 12 13 basically ranked back to back and then they ended up both in the 220 kind of range at the end of the season both of them had the kind of like um where are you <laughs> <laughs> for most of the season all right let me give you let me give you my five and we can we can argue about these my five are a little bit more subtle i think than yours i didn't go for just okay. giant fallbacks um I would say Robinson Cano, because I wish I'd seen, you know, you wish you'd seen something like that coming. Brian Dozier, Will Myers, Marcelo Zuna, Araldis Chapman. And I think they're disappointing because there were expectations that they would all sort of improve. So in Ozuna's case, I think you, you thought like, mm-hmm. this is the time that he's going to make the leap. And now he didn't really make it. And so you're going to have to devalue him for like, the rest of his career. The same thing is true for Dozier. It was kind of like, is this going to be, 
is he going to be able to maintain this level of play or is this like the beginning of the end for him? And I think we're seeing the, already the beginning of the career decline for Dozier. I was, I was thinking about Ozuna because we were talking the other day about JD Martinez yeah. and, and talking about how it was like, ah, oh, geez, change of scenery guy and, and change of scenery for the better. We, should we be predicting this with more players? And then I don't think we mentioned <laughs> no, Marcel Ozuna as the converse of that someone who actually didn't do as well in the change of, of scenery, even though it was like everything looked perfect for him to to improve. It turns out that one of the three of the former Miami outfielders <laughs> needed the other two. So in the sense that when your outfield was Yelich, Stanton, Ozuna, you knew that one of the three uh-huh. was probably not as real as you thought. <laughs> And everybody thought it was Yelich. Right, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. And then you you put them, you spread them all out to different teams, and it turns out Yelich needed to get off that team. Ozuna needed to stay on that team, and Stanton more or less is what we thought he was. <laughs> so I agree with you on those players. Those were, so you had, I'm sorry, you had Ozuna, you had Dozier, you had Chapman. Will Myers, personally, disappointing. And Myers. Robinson Cano. <laughs> And Cano, okay. And um, my argument for Chapman is that you paid for him as mm-hmm. the top one or two closer in baseball, and you got mm-hmm. not even close to that. Right, and Kenley Jansen was the same thing. Where if yeah, the three bulletproof closers were supposed to be Jansen, Kimbrell, and Chapman, but Chapman's been doing this the last couple yep. of years. So I, I mean, in some ways, I was. He was borderline shame on you kind of guy for me. Um, Cano is a good point, though. I had just, I kept on going over him because it was like, you know what? As soon as he did that, as soon as he was suspended, you could just drop him. I mean, it was a waste of a pick, but it wasn't like sitting around for um, Jose Altuve assuming that he's going to come back and not make pulling the trigger on getting a replacement second baseman. I mean, Jose Altuve also at the very wrong time was um, waffling about whether he was coming back when he was playing, etc. I I mean, I do agree with that, but I think that even Cano back was not the one that you thought he would be. No, but, but that's what I'm saying is that as soon as he was suspended, oh. you could drop him. It was like, okay... I'm not going to get through this season with um, the number of games that he is. Yeah, but let's say you dropped him. He's done. and picked him back up, oh, like mm-hmm. the expectation, like okay, it's no, he wasn't fine. good. No, it didn't. It didn't work regardless. But you're right. It would have been a. It, you're right. There is a little bit. Yeah, I'm talking a little more game theory ish in, in in this piece. So I like your players. I think Myers was. Um, I think you knew not to depend on Myers and it was a little bit more cut and dry when he was going to come back. Even though if you, (laughs) if you read the reports, it was always like managers optimistic that Myers is going to come back, but then you're like, he's not coming back. Well, then then you read, (laughs) he's not coming back for a while apart from like what the team was saying and be like, Oh, never mind. He's, he's out for a while. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, let's see. I mean, Quintana, I added Quintana in here. I wanted to have like kind of a first rounder, second rounder, third, fourth round, third, fourth rounder, yeah. and um, kind of third, fourth, fifth rounder 
couple guys. And then some guy that you were like was outside of the top five picks in a 12-team league. So Jose Quintana was number 70. He ended up being 230. And I felt like this was really hard because he's been so dependable to bring you back ERA in the threes, really decent whip, nice number of Ks. Like if you got either if you've picked like one ace, like a Max Scherzer, and then you're like, I'm going to wait for a while on another pitcher. It's like, okay, Quintana number two. That looks good. Or if you were like going full out on pitchers and were like, I'm just going to take the value pick here and I'm going to take Quintana and make my team around him, also let you down. You know, he just did not return the value that you typically associate with him. Man, I totally agree with that. Jake DeGrom would have been probably the best pitcher pick for value right oh uh yeah exactly and i i knew that that's why i picked him in tgfbi i reached on him in tgfbi and it actually wasn't a reach (laughs) are you about ready to wrap this sucker up i am uh it's nba day how do you feel (sighs) i am feeling pumped i think that i understand what's happening this season i think i know i have a good sense for where the what where the teams are are gonna end up and it's just just gotta play these games out and i'm excited to watch the celtics did you look at the vegas over underlines that's a great way to figure out the achievement did i of course i did (laughs) of course i did um timberwolves they're getting according to westgate 41 and a half what do you think where would you what would you do I'm taking the over, and that's that's partly because I think that any team that could have Jimmy Butler is going to hit the over. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of I've like waffled a lot over the past couple of days, wondering like what Jimmy Butler is going to look like on the court. But he has to play, right? He's only tanking his own value if he doesn't play. He's only hurting himself. He's He's going to have, you're going to have a half a season of him at this point, I think is pretty clear. So can we get half, can we get so, half a season? And then, I don't know, like, who do you even trade for? You trade him for, I mean, my dream, of course, would be like you trade him for Kawhi Leonard after the Raptors are out and they want to build around Jimmy Butler. I mean, I just really want Kawhi. Yeah, that's not happening. He's on the Raptors. Um, He's on the Raptors. Wouldn't yeah, he rather play on the Timberwolves than the Raptors? I don't know. It depends on how, how close he gets to Drake. Yeah, Drake could like Minnesota. Uh, Drake, Drake would, but he's not following him there. He's he's all Toronto all the time. Okay. You want to talk about Jack quick? I do. Two more, <laughs> two more episodes. Uh, these were good ones. Pretty dark. Curious where the last two Very episodes dark. go. So we watched, we watched nine and ten. Uh, ancient history, or and and then head in the clouds. Mm-hmm. Bojack is spiraling down again. Did you like one better than the other? Uh, the second one was more cringeworthy, especially given everything that's been happening recently. I was thinking that too. Like, man, were they just being really prophetic? Or did they luck into this? And based on all the coincidences that happened in BoJack, I think their writers just have a really good beat on the world. 
Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, you see this all the time with like, like, did this show, did the Simpsons predict something? It's like, no, I mean, they're just, you know, they're not trying to predict anything. They're making narratives that are going to make sense in, in a couple of months. And sometimes they are dead on. Yeah. I think, I think I liked ancient history better. That was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 5.9, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that this, it's more because I, I mean, I kind of did too, um, because it wasn't as, it wasn't as cringeworthy. Not actually as cringeworthy. I also, one of my favorite bin characters is Officer Meow Meow Fuzzy Face. Though, um, character actor, actress Margot Martindale coming back is Something is going to happen with her, right? Because that, the episode 10 was completely untied at the end. Like, no Mm -hmm. loose ends were tied up. Oh, she's, she's coming back. (laughs) You could Um, be anybody, a federal judge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. I do like episodes like Ancient History because they're um it's one arc that you're you're just able to follow and jump in and um really inhabit that world. You know, it's one day. You're not concerned about like it's basically one day. You're not concerned about like all this other stuff. How does it fit yeah. in? All right, I think that about brings us to the review session. Fantastic beasts and where to find them. I thought I was going to be happy that we watched this movie. And then I was really happy that we watched this movie. It's really good. Yeah. I, I love that it's the same world. It's a lot of, it's not all the same characters, but it's stuff that you knew. It's not a prequel in the sense that we're, like a prequel would be like somehow Harry's grandfather is in this, you know, but this is just Grindelwald is in it. And we're going to see a little bit Albus next yeah. one. It's great. Really contained good movie. I think, does it feel this time around? It felt a little bit more like pandering to the American audience. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. No, and it was fun. Though at the same time, it was fun being able to see the differences in the uh, two wizarding cultures. Yeah, there was it. It was like borderline political statement in a couple places, mm-hmm. <laughs> like. You know, just Eddie Redmayne's or uh, Newt, Newt's commander's skepticism about things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, this movie, very little overlap apart from the top, top stars in terms of other fantasy movies. Like actors, I mean. Yeah, not as... There are some no-name, sort of... I mean, think of no-names, um, like the, uh, the sister. Um, Colin Farrell is not a fantasy actor <laughs> he's not typically in fantasy movies and i mean we do have um captain jack sparrow I mean, that's true. but given how much screen time he had um sort of limited yeah and eddie redmayne not really um in fantasy movies he was in that jupiter ascending movie but that's not one that we're gonna cover <laughs> <laughs> but other than that you know, not not a lot of overlap, considering that I feel like the one thing that I have learned from watching all these movies back to back to back is that there's a lot of actors that make their living in the genre. In fantasy, <laughs> yeah, in um, as jumping between movies like yeah. this, yeah. No, that was that was pretty interesting. I mean, I'm excited for the next movie. This is a good little, um, yeah, yeah, good little priming. We'll have to check it out. So, what are we gonna do this week? Hook. Yes. I'm excited. Time for Hook. Yep. 
Another 90s movie for, from me. <laughs> yeah, you are our, our resident 90s movies guy. All right, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. <laughs>